What's better than this? God, he's being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show. Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, promo code Locked On gets you 10 bucks off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Kyle, I had my uh, first ever three Built Bar day yesterday. Well, congrats. Welcome to the club. I've Wake me up two? when you've had a five five piece now. Oh no, <laughs> you've done a five. Yeah, it's less than six hundred calories, man. Come on, it's good for you. Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. good for you. I did the three. Um, well, did you have all the same flavor? Or did you mix and no, match throughout yeah, the day? Different flavors: black cherry for one. Uh, I had um, chocolate chip cookie dough for the uh, the next one, and my last one was uh, the peanut butter brownie. So it was a good day. And you and that peanut butter brownie are a match made in heaven, huh? Uh, yeah, me, peanut butter, chocolate, we we get together. We get along real well. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Probably get along better than uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Thomas on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. How? So if you didn't see this, the question was, what's harder? Catching a pass while defended by Stephon Gilmore or defending Mike Thomas trying to catch a pass. And all Devontae Parker did was respond with the letter A, which was catch a pass while defended by Devontae Parker. And hell hath no no fury like Michael Thomas reading any kind of social media comment about him that could possibly in some capacity be misconstrued or twisted as disrespect. I thought Parker handled him handled himself quite well in that exchange. And Michael Thomas was extremely unnecessary. He's like, brother, you're super productive. You're like the highest paid receiver in the game. Like, is this necessary? Like, pop on a documentary, you know, find, eat a built bar, have a Coke Zero, do whatever you're gonna do. But like, this is this is how you want to choose to spend your time. He's uh he's the NFL's Kevin Durant. Like, you are way too talented to really give a shit. Honestly, does, does Kevin Durant do that stuff? He like, gets Ke- you remember Kevin Durant's got like the burner, had the burner accounts yeah, and all heard that shit, that, but I, I'm super, um, not like up to speed with all of it. I've Kevin, heard things, though. Kevin would get in the locker rooms after games, after he drops like 50 and get on an anonymous burner account and start tweeting to people that said bad shit about him. It's Imagine. like, how do you have the bandwidth for this? You're so good. Like it doesn't matter. It's meaningless. And Devontae didn't even say anything directly to disrespect Mike Thomas. I thought, if anything, Devontae was having fun with Stephon Gilmore because he said, oh, it's it's really hard to to catch a pass defended by Stephon Gilmore. And Devontae, like, posterized in Week 17. Well, yeah, in the same division, right? But, yeah, Parker Parker did give him him the business there that final game. But, yeah, same division, a rivalry. Michael Thomas really just didn't need to join this conversation, so – um, Worth a good laugh. I know there's a bunch of people who wrote a bunch of stories about it yesterday. And, did you? Uh, Are you one of those uh, people? I, I did. Yeah. It, that that's an easy trafficking topic at <laughs> USA Today's Dolphins Wire. So go check it out, folks. Dolphinswire.com. You there can you read Kyle's thoughts on this exchange between Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker. Um, all right. So I've been dodging these AFC East takes for a while. So it's inevitable. Yeah. We we had to get to them eventually. Yeah, so here they are. Let's can we combine these into one here because 
We have one no, person. No, we'll be quick. All right, go ahead. We'll be quick. Okay. Uh, take from Ian. Patriots will win the AFC East once again. I mean, they've won it the last 11 years in a row, but let's not pretend like the dynamics of this football team aren't the same. Tom Brady's not there. They lost a ton in that front seven. They have a good secondary. Nobody's afraid of their offensive weapons. Offensive line is good, but they have question marks with some injury, you know, injured guys. Jarrett Stidham, Brian Hoyer is the worst quarterback room in football. So it, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think they're the favorites in the win the division. So I will say no. I don't think the Patriots will win the AFC East once again. Always take the field, right? Well, and we know the field's pretty small here, but I'll I'll take the field here. Take the field. That's right. Yeah. Mike Samuels says, all right, let's let's get specific about the field. The 2020 AFC East champs going 5-1 and one in the division with a top five defense and a top 15 offense will be the Miami Dolphins. No, there's too many qualifiers here. First of all, I can't get behind the idea that Miami's going to go 5-1 and one in the AFC East. I think they sweep the Jets. Because mm-hmm, I think they do. Right. I think they've, they have historically played the Patriots well. And they so at are least about split to, there. Right. Okay. So I think three and three or four and two. If yes, they sir. can steal a game versus Buffalo. So you're out on the five and one in the division. I'm out. With five, mm, I mean, we play, we play some high scoring offenses. Yep. I really like what Miami's done on defense with the secondary and, and the heavy handed guys to collapse the pocket and, you know, dictate against the ground game. Um, top five is such a big jump. So I would pass on that. A lot of new players, Scott. A lot of new good players. Yeah. Yep. And then top 15 offense. Yeah. You know, I, I, I doubt that they're going to qualify there, too. I would say this is probably a top 12 defense, a top 20 offense, and three and three or four and two in the division. But will they win the AFC East? No. No, All right, so you don't agree with anything here from Mike. If no. you told me this was 2021, I'd be like, okay, yeah. All okay. Right. Yeah. And if that's like everything goes well, Miami goes like 8-8 eight and eight or or yeah. something like that this year, and everything looks to, to be good and they retain their coaching staff, then yeah, let's, let's revisit this one for 2021. Do you think a nine-win AFC team doesn't make the playoffs this year with seven seeds? I think all you got to do is get nine wins. Oh, I think it's possible because I think the AFC South, you could yeah. see – a really? bunch of teams that sit there at nine, and and if oh, Pittsburgh is bounces back the way that we think they do, I think they'll have ten plus. And um, Vegas and Denver, they can Vegas, be Denver, right and and AFC East. I think you're going to get you know a ten and six, a nine and seven, an eight and eight, or Cleveland. You know, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be crowded. But the, I'll say this: at least one and nine, one nine and seven team gets in. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How about yeah. that? That's fun. I think that's good. All right. This one's for me, right? Yes. From Sam. We had a big debate about Charles Woodson, didn't we? Yeah. At some point. I think it was whether he was a safety or a corner. Yeah. I don't remember the dynamics, but that was exactly right. And I, we I, had I, like super fight about it. Yeah. I think I definitely finessed it a little bit, but. Okay. I'm yeah. glad we could admit that almost a, a year after the fact, because that was a last summer argument. No, it was probably two or three years by now. No, it was not. <laughs> Charles Woodson is the best DB of all time from Sam. I was hoping I got this one. Um, I think so. I think this is correct. Uh, He played, what, like a million years, nine Pro Bowls, 
Um, he has three first-team All-Pros. He was 2009 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Top five in NFL history in interceptions, defensive touchdowns. Uh, I mean, a member of the NFL All-Decades team in the 2000s. I think longevity, um, playing at a high level for multiple teams at multiple positions, just kind of withstood the test of time. It was quietly like amazing, like a big time playmaker. I, 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 I don't know that I feel that comfortable saying no that he isn't. So yeah, I'll go with it. Charles Woodson, Joe Marino is so best. Opposite of, of taking the field. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take the field here. I said, you know what? There's enough evidence for me to believe here. And one of my things about me, I've kind of communicated this on the podcast, is like I'm not going to split hairs over like great players. Like there's tiers of players, right? And and Charles Woodson belongs in the best ever defensive back conversation. And so do I think he could be the best? Sure. I'm not going to split hairs over the two other guys that you think could be in the conversation. It's it's not worth it. They're they're all great. I don't have to sit here and try to like put down any of them that are great just to boost up the one that I have a personal bias for. It's like, yeah, sure. You you can convince me that Charles Woodson's the best defensive back of all time. Owen says, KJ Costello, if I'm not mistaken, he plays for Mississippi State now. He does. <laughs> will be QB4 in the 2020 NFL draft. He'll be the fourth one off the board. He will not be. The amount of improvement I think Costello needs to show, he's going to appeal to the traditionalists, right? He's 6'6", statue in the pocket, big arm. But because he's so big, he he requires a lot of space to operate. It's Tyree Jackson. Yes. So, like, the limitations that he has physically I don't think are enough to get people to buy in high on his attractive traits that are like your stereotypical old school pocket passer style. And the game's going away from that kind of model anyway. And I know Costello, like if he's running, like looks like an antelope, right? Where it's (laughs) not an antelope. Antelope's probably the worst analogy I could have come up with. But something with really long, like disproportionate legs. Um, I, this is the Gusecki conversation. I used to say he ran like oh, a middle yeah. school kid that hasn't grown into their shoes yeah. yet. He runs like a giraffe really is what he runs okay, like. Giraffe. Right. All right. Yeah. So like, he's so no, I don't think he's got the athletic ability to win outside of structure. I don't think he's got the ability to win in tight, confined areas within the pocket. Now he may come out and just absolutely ball out with Mike Leach. Right. And if he does, mm-hmm. then. We'll revisit this conversation, but I have a very difficult time seeing KJ Costello being the fourth quarterback taken in 2020. Here's your field. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Jamie Newman, uh, Kellen Mond, Tanner Morgan, Kyle Trask. Players we never heard of, right? Like he's slotting four. I'll take the field like in general with that. There you go. Take the field. There it is. Okay. Justin uh, from the TDM premium slack. This uh, was a polarizing decision I made yesterday. Unilaterally, by the way. Yeah, I did. But I unilaterally decided to put it in, too. So it's true. Yeah. Kyle and Joe are enemies of their own pod for removing the Sasquatch call, and we, the people, will not stand for such tyranny. I will say that if you have anger over this, then Kyle admitted right there that it was his decision. I will, all, I will say this, though. I never assume that everybody listens to every episode and knows every moment. And if you just fire up the podcast and that's the first thing you hear, 
you're probably like, what the hell am I getting into right now? What is that? Who is this loon? A wild rocket. That's what you're getting into. Well, I guess I never cared that much to like gripe about it, but I am also here to tell you that I'm a little bit relieved that it's gone. Oh, well, are you relieved that three built bars are gone from your closet? As of yesterday (laughs) So we are pumping the gas heavy on these built bars and it is for good reason. This is a wonderful, wonderful product. And I have no problem staking my flag in the ground and stating to all of you listening to Draft Dudes that Built Bar is the best protein bar these lips have ever touched. And I am not being overdramatic in saying that. These things eat like candy bars. They've got more protein than an average protein bar. They've got one-seventh of the grams of carbs and sugar of an average protein bar. The wizardry that goes into assembling these wonderful Meal replacements, snacks, post-workout meal, whatever you want to make it is mind-boggling. And everybody listening, we do have a special offer. Using promo code Locked On, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get yourself $10 off your first box of Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, save $10, get yourself a box, and find out what all the fuss is. Don't just take the draft dude's word for it. Find out for yourself. Vontel is back, Joe. He sure is. This is an easy take, in my opinion. Um, I think so. I th- I'd be surprised if we're different here. You've been awarded an expansion team, but it's out of only these four states. Hawaii, Alaska, New Mexico, and Maine. Ranked from greatest to least in which you would think you would have the most success. Factor everything in that you can think of. All right, so I guess I'll lead off here because we always got to both do Vontel's take. Um, I think the first thing you do is take the two states that are not on, you know, in the continental yeah. United States. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out. They're at the bottom. And obviously you would tier those Hawaii and then Alaska. I'd love to go to Alaska. I'm sure it's beautiful. But like when you literally have to take helicopters to get from city to city, probably not going to be the best environment for an NFL football team. Hawaii, at least it's freaking Hawaii, right? The travel will absolutely suck. But it's Hawaii, and that's going to be better than Alaska from the perspective of a of an NFL franchise. So you're you're left with New Mexico and Maine as your top two. Uh, give me no New Mexico at number one. I think being in the Southwest, it has proximity to um, some destinations that I think people enjoy. You know, there's a lot of like very famous people that live in like Scottsdale and Phoenix and like obviously Southern California and you're not that far from Texas and stuff. So I think you have more of a destination that you have a big, bigger market in that area. Um, And uh, I'm comfortable with it. Maine, you know, just kind of in the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you know, the high up there in the the New England States there, it's um, not really known for much. I mean, when I think Maine, I think about the state that George Bush got a DUI in, you know what I mean? Like there's not a whole lot going for me in terms of Maine. I guess lobster, clam chowder, I don't know what they've got going there. Never been there. I'm sure it's beautiful. But uh, I think for the sake of, of an NFL franchise, you know, having the success that it can have, it's going to be a better job in New Mexico than Maine. Correct. This is a Maine complete... fans. Maine people like the Patriots, I'm sure. This is a completely correct take. All right. How about that? Okay, Todd. 
who refer- he's funny. He will, he will uh, send tweets and he'll hashtag himself. Todd, 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 right. Todd, 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 Todd. Well, he did it right Todd, here. It's Todd. in this thing. In this Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> says Alvin Kamara plays out of his contract with another very strong year, making just over $2 million. And then he joins the bucks in a huge payday and a super bowl to finish Tom Brady's career off in storybook fashion. I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Hold on. Alvin's at a contract year this year. 2017 third round pick, correct? Second round, I think. No, it was third round. Fair. Yeah, Marcus Williams was their second round pick that year. They didn't like trade up for him or anything like that? No, I think they got him in the early 60s. Uh, I got I to gotta know. I can't move. Go on. ahead and tell me pick I'm wrong. 67. No, you're right. He was third round pick. Yeah, good job. All right, All right bet. Yeah. Uh, so now here's... What does Tampa Bay's cap situation look like next year? Got a lot of questions here, Kyle. I'm almost there. Uh, I I think I got it. Twenty twenty one cap. Yeah. Uh, we looking at fifty seven million. Sixty three. That's like in the top ten. They got a lot of space, man. Where are you Where are you looking at that? From? Over the cap. You should go with over the okay. cap because their rollover cap is better calculated than spot rack for this. Man, I love me some spot rack, but I do too. But the rollover cap calculations factors all players under contract, which is not correct. It's only fifty. Okay, well here, but here's also what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at their 2021 free agents and decide how many guys they got to worry about re-signing and bringing back of their own. All right, so let's let's Shaq. Oh, are you ready? Okay, let's talk (laughs) about sixty million dollars. Shaq, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, and Dominican Sue. Those are good Chris, players. Chris Godwin. Oh no. Yeah, so I'm That's a pass on. I'm a pass on this take. You better hope uh friggin' who's uh, they talk Keyshawn Vaughn. You better hope Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones is your backfield answer because you ain't paying Alvin. Listen. If Tampa gets close but they don't finish the job this year. This is 100% a team that will take a running back in the top 50 next year. Sure, if that's what they need, right? Like, right. If you really look at this thing and say, you know what, damn it, we couldn't make it work with Vaughn and Jones. Like the difference between us winning a Super Bowl and not is bringing all these players back and investing a premium pick in a in a running back to kind of help the the passing offense run through the backfield so much as Tom has enjoyed making it do in years past. Can we talk about Dari Ogumbawale as a sleeper in that backfield? Yeah, I like Dari, man. He's a fun little player at Wisconsin. What I'm saying, let's not forget that name in this backfield. But I would say it's more likely that the Buccaneers draft a running back in the late first round next year than it is that they sign Alvin Kamara. All right. Joshua Carlson. Phillip Rivers will be replaced by week 10. Ooh, Josh says, dude is washed up. I mean, I've been watching Philip Rivers throw footballs for a long time. Thought he was washed up, but he he's not right. Like he just keeps playing, and he's thirty. He's thirty eight years old. I mean, it's never been a guy that was exceptionally like gifted physically. That was never the reason why he won football games. You know, he's he's a, he wins between the years, and he's you know got great leadership and those types of things. I'm gonna look here and see was his did he taper off last year. Was that part of like, I mean, he had a big time season in terms of production behind. Yeah, I thought his thought his stats, his arm was dead by the end of the year. But but I thought his arm has been dead for five years. Correct. So, okay. 
I don't know. I'm looking at his late season production. It doesn't look like he was less productive over his last four games. I mean, he completed like over 70% of his passes. He has two 300 yard games. The other two are 279 and 281. Can we talk about how Rivers is like, how many straight 4,000 yard passing seasons does Phil have? So he wakes up and does it a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight 4,000 yard seasons. Yeah. And I mean, it's uh, eight, nine, 10, 11. Holy shit. 11 of the last 12. Yeah. Eight, nine, 10, 11. Is it 12 of the last 13? I think. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm not, I hate to be the guy that says the guy's done. I don't know, man. I think he's, I think he's a good player. It's the right environment, a good offensive line, complimentary weapons, a good running back situation. there, playing indoors. Like I'm not going to assume by week 10, they're going to be like, you know what? The best thing for the Indianapolis Colts is going to be going back to Jacoby Brissett, who we, we learned last year, isn't going to be, a catalyst for success. Yeah, remember how complimentary we were of Jacoby Brissett in like August last year? Because he had great tweets. No, not us. I mean the Colts organization. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, I think they had to, right? They didn't. There was nowhere else for them to turn. They had to say right, that Jacoby's that dude. He's got that leadership. We're gonna be okay. And they gave him like a straw man extension and everything. Right. <laughs> a lot of strategy behind that in hindsight. Just trying to keep the team propped up to be ready to like, okay, yeah. let's still go out and compete. If you think Jacob Eason's going to be starting by week 10. Oof. No, no. All right. This one's fun. I have a very clear answer in my view, but I'm anxious for your take here. This is from Casey Kasem and it was forwarded to us by Luke Donaldson. Uh, which would you rather have free food from your favorite restaurant for the rest of your life whenever you want it, or your team guaranteed to win a Super Bowl in the next five years? My team wins a Super Bowl. That's re- that your that's your answer here. Yes, not a chance for me. I'm taking the food. What? You would rather live your entire life and never see the Bills win a Super Bowl? It, it doesn't say that they won't. It says that it's only okay, guaranteed to happen in the next five years. But that's the risk you run. And what in Buffalo's track record as an organization would tell you that that's something that you should plan on looking this forward is, to? This is a human. This is the a correct human answer. The ability to have free food given to me for the rest of my life has a greater implication on my life than if my favorite team wins the Super Bowl. If that makes me a bad fan, then I'll live with that. But that would be like life-changing for me and my family. To not have to buy food ever again, Kyle? Yeah, but what what would fill you with more satisfaction? Knowing that I never had to buy food again. No, I'm sorry. You or a full belly. Call my bluff all you want here. The food actually matters in life. Like, I, I right. still have a chance that the Bills could win a Super Bowl. All right? I still have that chance. Football gods, call me. Let's make this happen. Five years. I'll sign my soul away right now. I will leave the face of this earth the moment it happens, and I will die happy. You're kidding me. That's a bad – I think your answer is bad. I think I have the correct answer here. No. Never have to buy food. Do you understand my how much I spend every week in groceries <laughs> and food? Brother. I'll take my chances with watching football and hoping my team's good, knowing that I don't have to pay for food ever again. That's nah, like literally man. a life-changing thing. And maybe let's see. What what is your sports fanhood across all sports? 
Bills, Mets, yep. Hornets, I guess Sabres. Okay, so the Met, but the Mets, they won a championship, right? In 86. They, but so they played in the Subway Series against the Yankees lost. in the 2000s and lost. And then they lost to the Royals a couple years ago. And in 2015. Yeah. So you've never had a team of yours win a championship. No. Then you should be in the same exact freaking boat I am. Because I I've never food. had a team. Never had a team win a championship. And I'm going to live. Th- look. Eagles fans got their their Super Bowl two years ago. They're right back to being pissed off on Twitter about everything. Okay, like, don't tell me that a, a Super Bowl championship changes your life. Listen. Makes you feel good about your sports team and something you care about, but free food for the rest of your life has legitimate implications do, on your life. Do you trust your impulse control to not abuse that power? Absolutely. I because I'm looking at this like, okay, my meals for the rest of my life are taken care of. And where are they coming from? You never even said where your favorite restaurant was. Pizantes? You getting pizantes every day? No, I would pick a restaurant that would, I would think of these factors. What is your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant is probably, that's, a re- that's relevant to the conversation. But I would choose the one that is my favorite restaurant based on the implications that I think <laughs> you're going with here. You can get healthy meals that are balanced at any restaurant. Okay, so what restaurant are you picking? I don't think it's it's obsolete. I would pick. I would pick. It's Sun not Valley. obsolete. It literally I'll pick, has free I'll food pick from Sun your Valley restaurant. Sun Valley Cafe by my house. Thank you. There you go. So, what are you getting for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day? I want to know what this what this existence looks like. Look at the menu. You could get whatever you want. You can get an omelet. You can get a fruit cup. It's oh, is that where I we want. is that where we always go? No, that's uh. That's stacks. Stacks would be a strong choice. Uh, but you probably okay. you've been to Sun Valley Cafe. We went there the, the morning of my wedding. Yep. Remember with all the grooms oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be all right. right there. Yeah. All right. So I'm pulling up the breakfast menu right now. This is I can't believe we're going down this rabbit hole right well, now. Well, your whole point is you're making a financial decision. One hundred percent. Because I, think I respect that. But at the same time. If I had unparalleled, untapped resources to food from my favorite restaurant with a snap of my fingers, guess who's waking up and is going to be 600 pounds within 24 months of this arrangement coming to to pass? How 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 much money a week do you think you spend on food? Oh, well, we do bucks we, at least. This household does Hello Fresh, so that's Go three dinners, and that's uh, sixty. Oh, did okay. you get? Did you get uh, the custom? Did do you do custom, or you just get whatever they send you? We get custom. Did you get the the mushroom macaroni thing that came this week? No, we, we had, had that last had night. Kind of stuff, banging. stuffed peppers last night. It was wonderful. Uh, we get. Do you get the burgers this week? I don't know, man. I'm trying to buy time for Sun Valley Cafe to open up their menu. It's not opening. So sixty dollars for HelloFresh, and then and then probably 150 to 180, maybe 200 dollars on a bad week for groceries every week. Can we call it 200 dollars a week on food? Yeah. All right. So 200 times 52. That's a 10,400 dollars. Now multiply that out over. You know, assume we live another 50 years. You think I'm okay? I'll take that right now. That's five hundred and twenty thousand dollars. I think on the low end, and that's not assuming like 
Like, I think as we get older, our families will expand. We'll have right. more mouths to feed. Right. I think this is a $750,000 prize. Maybe even a million dollars. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather experience the Super Bowl than, than having. Oh, you're dumb. Hours. You're dumb. I love what I do. I'm never going to work till the day I die. I'm never not going to not work till the day I die because I love what I do. So, doesn't you're matter. still not guaranteed. You're, you're not saying I'll never win the Super Bowl. You're just not guaranteed to get it in the next five years. Yeah, but a guarantee of within the next five years, your team is going to win the Super Bowl means it's going to happen. I'll take my chances with it just happening and then have the million dollar prize. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can we move on from this? This one's for you. Cameron says the Seahawks are actually a poorly run organization who lucked into a great quarterback in round four, who they then tried to trade away only to luck out again because the Browns said no. Listen, I don't doubt that there was a conversation that was held about potentially trading Russ for number one pick, but like, what do you think would have actually had to go back and forth for that deal to get done? This would have had to, for Russ, like you would have probably been talking number one overall, number four overall, and, and something else, right? Yeah. So, like, Seattle wasn't like, hey, we'll give you Russ for number one, and that's it. And Cleveland said no. Seattle, they're easy to pick on because they draft so differently than the consensus, right? But, like, at the same time, I get, I get we are saying they lucked into Russell Wilson, and, and to some capacity, yes, that's true. Russ, you know, has not missed a start in eight years, and that's no small feat. But Russell Wilson's also never had a losing season as a quarterback. And I understand some of that is surrounded by Russell Wilson and his presence on the football team. But this team's won 10-plus games in seven of the last eight years. I cannot get behind the idea of calling them a poorly run organization, even if they draft against consensus, even if they have their flaws with how they approach player acquisition via the NFL draft. At the very least, they like to trade down. They like to attack the draft via volume, which is a good philosophy to have. So I'm going to disagree with this take. Something about more ways than one to skin a cat, right? Like yep, it doesn't say it doesn't it doesn't look the way I think conventionally we would like it to. But you just can't argue with his success. Now you could say maybe they could have had more success, but man, they're doing things a lot better than a lot of other teams. So. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be right. like Josh Allen's career. You know what I mean? Didn't oh, look the way Christ. you wanted it to, but there's a lot of success here. Dennis. <laughs> Giants are going to make Saquon Barkley the highest paid running back in the NFL. There won't be a similar contract given to another running back this decade, despite a continuously growing salary cap. So Christian McCaffrey signed four years, $64 million. So what he's saying is that Saquon's extension, which I think he'll get, right? You don't take a running back number two overall and him wind up being a great player to not keep him around, right? We saw Gettleman do this with Leonard Williams, right? Like gave him the franchise tag because he invested something significant in him and didn't want him to mm -hmm. walk out the door. Like I, I get mm -hmm. that. So he's staying. So will that contract be like in another stratosphere of four years, $64 million? What, is it four years, 80? Would that make it in a different planet? I could see him getting four years, 80, 20 a season. Can you? I could see the Giants giving them that, but what a colossal mistake that would be. I, listen, I think so. If you think four years, $80 million is in a different planet, it is. Sign me up for this. 
it is, I, but I, I mean, man, like they took him two, man. They took him number two overall. Right. Well, then you're going to have to let Daniel Jones walk after his court, his rookie contract, and draft another quarterback because you can't pay, you can't pay a running back that, and then have. I mean, you're literally talking sixty million dollars wrapped up in your offensive backfield. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, and and maybe there's some strategy there in that Daniel. Like, I don't want to discredit Daniel Jones, but maybe he's always going to be that quarterback that you feel like you can win with, but you don't necessarily always win because of, and it's a little bit of a plug position for them because they're going to be a running that's back insane, focus. But yeah. it's insane. But could, am I speaking something that's crazy in reality in terms of what we see this team doing? Is it not more likely we see Dave Gettleman be let go and then a new general <laughs> manager just justifies, sure. well, I'm not going to pay that to a running back. He was in my pick. So he'll go sign somewhere sure. else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. do. All right, uh, Benjamin Solak has been turned in by Tyler Thiessen because Benjamin Solak, never heard of him, said Patrick Queen for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, this was, player. this was a typo. So, oh, was it really? Yes, Ben meant to say D-Roy. Oh, that, and that changes this quite a bit. <laughs> he, he followed up uh, in the aftermath and said, um, he said his fingers were moving too fast or something like that. Ben, and, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and he hit the wrong key. So right. this is intended to be D. Roy, which I can get behind. Sure, it's fine. Playing a starring role in Baltimore's defense. Uh, God, why did you put this ignorance in here, Joe? Here, you can get this one since that last one wasn't. No, over. it's it's both of ours. It's both of ours. But this is just a disgusting. I'm out all the way out on this response. Nathan Osborne turned in by Michael <laughs> Mahon. Okay, Nathan said in response to Kyle's question, he actually wrote an article about who is the NFL's best quarterback of the future after Patrick Mahomes with the picture, the feature image of that piece was of Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. And Nathan's take was this about that. Neither in that picture. Both will never hoist a Super Bowl trophy. It's about longevity, and both players lack the makeup and skill set. Well, it's not about longevity. It's about winning a Super Bowl trophy, right? So right. both will never host a Super Bowl hoist a Super Bowl trophy because it's about longevity. Both players lack the makeup and the skill set. What does that mean? Well, they don't. What, lack what any, is it? I don't know. What does it mean? They don't. They they don't have the makeup. They don't have the skill set. What does that mean? Well, unanimous NFL MVP, and I mean, what's Deshaun been unbelievable? Like I, what 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 complaints are, do you have? Let's do one at a time. Deshaun Watson. What what are your complaints about Deshaun Watson? He takes too many sacks because Russell Wilson's been sacked 347 times in eight seasons, never missed a start. And he's got the it factor. This is Russell Wilson's sacks per season since coming into the NFL. 33, 44, 42, 45, 41, 43, 51, 48. Those are Russell Wilson's sack numbers. Now, Deshaun Watson, to his credit, was sacked 62 freaking times in 2018. That number did drop to 44 in 2019. And by the way, Russell or Deshaun Watson has engineered 10 game-winning drives and four four or an eight fourth quarter comebacks in the last two years as a starter. If that is not the makeup and skill set of a Super Bowl potential Super Bowl winning quarterback, I don't know what is. <laughs> Over 40 or 4000 passing yards 
average in each of the last two seasons. He's thrown 52 touchdown passes to 21 interceptions with a quarterback rating in excess of 100 while being sacked 106 times and still engineered. Joe, he's won 24 games in the regular season and engineered a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter on 10 of them. Yeah, if, he, if Deshaun Almost doesn't win half a Super of Bowl, his wins. it won't be because of him. Right. Yeah. Asinine. And he had a and he had a game winning drive and fourth quarter comeback against the Bills in the playoffs this year. Don't recall. So add add that one onto the list. I don't I don't remember what you're talking about. The man has won twenty two football games in the last two years and engineered a game winning drive in the fourth quarter in eleven of them. Sorry. Half his wins, he has had to put the team and the offense on his back to take them down the field and win. Now, Lamar Jackson, you want to spin this and say, well, he runs the ball too much. I would say Lamar Jackson has a really unique ability and skill set to avoid taking big hits despite how often he is carrying the football. You mean rushing yards Lamar has already in his career? Probably near 2,000. 1,900? Yeah. 12,000 yards or 1,200 yards last year? What was his? What's his rushing t- uh, y- a, t- a touchdown total? Twelve. Ah, not as much as Josh Allen. Seventeen for Josh. Okay, how many years has Josh been playing? Two years. The same as Lamar. They're the same draft. Okay, class. how many uh, touchdown passes does he have? Not as many. Okay. Well, I'm rushing production. Did, Calm did, down. He have, did he have thirty-six Back last off. year? Back off. Oh, okay. Talk Lamar about career the- rushing totals. Lamar had 400 attempts and was sacked 23 times last year. Okay. That's not bad. Tough to get down, man. Yep. So I don't know what generalities we're speaking in here to say that Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson don't have the makeup and skill set to be Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, but I emphatically disagree. Yeah, I'm all the way out. Ditto. Good. All right. Well, you guys should come back and see us tomorrow. We are continuing through head coach hot seat extravaganza 2020. Talking about head coaches, how hot their seat is, how worried they need to be, how much pressure's on them to win. We did eight teams yesterday. If you missed that, make sure you go back and listen and then come back and see us again tomorrow as we explore our next eight head coaches. Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft News Podcast brought to you by Built Bar.